What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It is Monday, May 10th. I'm Dr. Abdul El-Sayed, in for the indomitable Akil Hughes. And I'm Gideon Resnick, and this is What a Day, where we went on Shark Tank to pitch our idea for a podcast that is about the news. They could barely believe what they were hearing. It was so innovative. Yeah, Mark Cuban still needs to be resuscitated. I'm just going to be honest. Well, first things first, Akila is on vacation for the next couple of weeks, but we are going to have a range of guests with us while she's out. Sorry for you. You are stuck with me, so turn this off if you want uh, less of that. But today, most importantly, epidemiologist, physician, our friend, former Detroit Health Commissioner, Dr. Abdul El-Sayed is here. Abdul, it is wonderful to have you back. Thank you. It is great to be back with you. Uh, last time I was here, it was me and Akila, and today it's me and you, Gideon, and um, I'm looking forward to uh, cutting through the news. Yeah, it's going to be great. He's also the host of America Dissected, which just debuted its latest season. If you haven't downloaded it at this point, you still have a chance to. And now is your moment. Go do it. But for today's latest, there is a lot of coronavirus news that is out there in the world. And this is a good time to tap your expertise. So that's what we're going to do. Let's get right to it. Officials said yesterday that they are open to, quote, being more liberal and relaxing mask wearing rules again for vaccinated people, this time possibly at indoor public spaces. Here's Dr. Fauci on ABC yesterday. We do need to start being more liberal as we get more people vaccinated. As you get more people vaccinated, the number of cases per day will absolutely go down. Right. So people might remember that a few weeks ago, officials said that vaccinated people can do away with face masks in many outdoor settings or small indoor gatherings with other vaccinated people. So, Abdul, what do you think of the direction that they're going in here? I think this is bringing policy to the science. We know that Uh, A, when it came to outdoor masking, that outdoors is one of the safest places you can be when it comes to transition. And now uh, we know that vaccinated people are very protected when it comes to this virus. And so uh, it can change what they are able to do, you know, for them, uh, where social distancing and masking was what was keeping them safe. Now they've got a vaccine uh, and that vaccine is what's keeping them safe. And so what do you think that these moves overall might have on vaccine hesitancy or resistance, as it were? There was this recent UCLA study that found Republicans who, by polling, are more likely to resist vaccines already had the most incentive to actually get a shot if it meant that they no longer had to wear a mask. Well, it's hard to believe that making anything more liberal is what's going to motivate Republicans to do something. But <laughs> right, right. when it comes down to it, right, it's important that we offer incentives to people to get vaccinated. One of the challenges right now is that as more and more people are getting vaccinated who were hesitant, they're seeing their friends and their loved ones get vaccinated, the folks who are left over tend to be folks who are a bit more resistant. And for them, uh, it's really important to change the calculation on what they can expect on the other side. And I think changing these recommendations so that they are more in line with what the science is telling us uh, creates those incentives and may, in fact, get people up off the sidelines. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly right. And, you know, to that point, we're starting to see a lot more of what it does actually mean in the U.S. when we have this supply begin to outstrip demand. We have states that are turning down doses, and the amount administered overall is declining pretty significantly. So what do you think that means for President Biden's goal to have 60% of adults vaccinated by July 4th? For point of reference for our listeners, we're at almost 44% right now. So that's just 16% left to go. So possible, I guess. It is possible, but it's only just that. It's possible. Mm. There's a lot more that has to be done to make sure uh, that we are getting folks up off the sidelines. And one of the challenges uh, with some of the past uh, changes and recommendations is that there was a lot of overpromising and a little bit of underdelivering. And so let's mm. hope uh, a lot of what the administration is laying out now uh, does actually start moving the needle for people uh, who are still just a bit skeptical, if not resistant. Yeah, yeah. I think on that point of, you know, uh, the oversell, underdeliver type thing makes a lot of sense because sometimes you you do have these situations where people have to take their individual risks at heart and sort of make all these calculations on their own for whatever setting that they're in. Um, also in COVID news, officials with the World Trade Organization met last week about the patents that U.S. drug manufacturers have on their COVID vaccines and whether to waive them. Uh, President Biden backed this idea after international pressure, and we're still waiting on an ultimate decision there. But you were talking about how there are kind of two sides to this debate. So let's start with what good you think would come if those patents were waived. Well, here's the most important thing. It puts public health over profit. We know that the corporations who manufacture uh, these vaccines, big pharma, uh, they want to nickel and dime as much as they can to make as much money off of this product that, by the way, you and I as American taxpayers pay for uh, right. through Operation Warp Speed. And um, it's not just that uh, we're doing the right thing morally. It's also a matter uh, of our own safety. We could vaccinate every single American Gideon. And even then, it's possible that as the virus continues to run amok abroad where people are not vaccinated, that this, this virus could uh, take on a mutation that would allow it to slip our vaccine-mediated immunity, which would put all of us back at risk. And so uh, this is both something that we have to do uh, morally, uh, in terms of uh, the correct thing to do, but it's also the right thing to do pragmatically to protect ourselves in this country. I think that's a great way to put it, uh, you know, having the two parts coexist at the same time. But on the other side, there is a side that resists this for different reasons. Pfizer, which just by the way, is poised to make billions and billions this year is against it. But so are several European countries, uh, thus far, at least. Why is this the case? Well, I think there's good faith opposition and bad faith opposition. Let's talk about the good faith opposition first. A lot of folks worry about the supply chain. Of course, manufacturing these vaccines at scale requires a lot of supplies, and they worry uh, that if we were to waive the vaccine waiver, you'd have a lot more manufacturers come online and that they disrupt the supply chain uh, by, by pulling so much out of it through the increased demand. There's also worry about quality control, that there's mm -hmm. already been a challenge with quality control right here in the United States, um, that a lot of the facilities that would be manufacturing this might not be up to snuff in terms of manufacturing uh, these mRNA vaccines. The important thing to remember, though, is that the majority of the world's vaccines uh, are manufactured abroad, and uh, folks have a lot of experience in doing this. Then there's the bad faith, of course, and that, that bad faith is, is coming from vaccine manufacturers who don't want to lose billions more on top of the billions they're already making. And to put it right. in perspective, Pfizer made $3.5 billion in quarter one of 2021 already. Uh, and of course, they want to make sure that they can continue to gouge uh, low-income people in low-income countries to make even more. And that's a pretty bad faith approach to worrying about what this waiver might do. 
Right. I, I completely agree. Yeah. When you see their the impact on their stocks, um, <laughs> that's a, a moment where it's almost like, yeah, let's let's do it then. Um, even if the patents are waived, you mentioned things like quality control. But what else would have to happen for these vaccines to actually be manufactured and distributed? Well, as we talked about, the supply chain really is important. And there are a lot of reagents and supplies, everything from uh, the vials that these get stored in to the reagents that go in uh, to making these these vaccine doses in the first place, we have to make sure that we're ramping up supply so that we can actually meet the global demand. Um, the other point is to make sure that we have a quality control approach uh, that makes sure that that these vaccine doses are safe uh, and effective coming out of these uh, different manufacturers. But then, you know, even if this is waived, right, there's still a whole lot of deal making that has to happen. Um, what would happen here is that if the waiver uh, was was granted. Um, rather than being able to, to try and cut their own deals and, and profiteer off of these vaccines, manufacturers would basically get uh, a certain dollar per dose um, for uh, all of the vaccine that was produced uh, off patent, per se. And we also know that you know even beyond that, there is a responsibility that the United States has to making sure that these vaccines get uh, manufactured. It's one mm-hmm. thing to say that you support a waiver. It's another entirely to make sure that the world gets vaccinated. And there's still a lot of work that needs to be done there. Yeah. I also want to check in on, you know, two particular situations we talked about on the show that are, have also been the subject of a lot of news over the last weeks and months, specifically India and Brazil, uh, which have been in dire straits for a long time now. Last week, the World Health Organization said that half of the globe's new COVID infections came from just those two countries alone. So Abdul, if you look at this on the ground level, what are things that you've seen in those countries that have led to these massive numbers? They're obviously very different situations, but what have we learned about the trajectories of the virus there? You know, Gideon, it is so sad to watch, and frankly, it's a humanitarian failure. And it's the combination of a couple of intersecting trends. The first is profound poverty. It's mm-hmm. really hard to social distance in a favela or in a slum. And that's a circumstance in which many, many people in these countries find themselves. Their healthcare systems are uh, under-resourced. And uh, that means that uh, people uh, are going without basic care uh, simply because there's not the oxygen or uh, the physician or nurse supply to be able to care for them. And then we can't forget the role that politics has to play. Uh, these are countries that are led by autocrats. Yeah. You have uh, Jair Bolsonaro in Brazil, who's downplayed this pandemic, who uh, has undercut mask wearing and vaccinations. And they got Narendra Modi in, uh, in India who has been actively campaigning and encouraging people to show up to his rallies, uh, which sounds very similar to what our former president with autocratic tendencies was doing in the lead up to his election. And so right. uh, you bring these three things together and you've got a recipe for a disaster. And it's sad to see uh, the number of people who are being infected and, and dying uh, because of this. It is. It's awful. Um And if you look beyond places where the pandemic is still wildly out of control, there are also lots of countries that have yet to see any vaccines at all. So if the U.S. can't find a way to share its vaccine supply with the rest of the world, what is your outlook for what the pandemic actually looks like towards the end of this year? Let's not forget, Gideon, that this is a global pandemic with emphasis on the word global. We cannot pretend like what happens abroad does not affect us. And the worry that I have, right, is as we're looking forward to a summer where we can finally look back and see the pandemic in the rear view, that if there were to be a new variant that emerged in uh, a place abroad that was, in fact, uh, resistant to our vaccine-mediated immunity, that we would be looking right back at that pandemic again. And 
I don't want to get there. And in order to do that, we have to protect ourselves by protecting everyone on the globe. And that means making sure that everyone gets access to these safe and effective vaccines uh, and that we as a global community can look back and see the pandemic in the rear view. Yeah, I think that's right. We are absolutely all in this together. Uh, Well, thank you so much again for sharing all the insight. As always, that is the latest for now. It's Monday, Wad Squad, and for today's Temp Check, we are talking about up-and-coming comedian-slash-electric car tycoon Elon Musk, who hosts his Saturday Night Live this weekend. As is often the case with sketch comedy, the episode was uh, a mixed bag, which caused a meme-based cryptocurrency to fall by about 30%. The highly volatile token Dogecoin may or may not have recovered by now, but it was fascinating to see it take a huge dip in value around the same time that Musk, who is one of its main evangelists, was mentioning it repeatedly on television. Uh, The significance of the world's second richest man hosting SNL was in some ways greater, though, than the significance of the show's actual content. So, Abdul, what did you think of all this? Well, I've got to say this this definitely put the emphasis in sketch, in sketch comedy. And uh, (laughs) Elon Musk, look, he has disrupted a number of uh, of, 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 of different sectors, but uh, comedy is not one of them. And um, <laughs> I got stunk it up. And the other point is this, is it's sad to see one of the most important stages in pop culture be given uh, to to laundering the reputation of an individual uh, who up until very recently has been denying the seriousness of this pandemic, uh, has been denying the use of masks, and doesn't think he should be paying taxes. So with all of that, it was a little bit frustrating. What do you think, Gideon? I I think the same thing, really. I mean, well, you know, the the, the sketches did not land. I was exposed to them uh, after the fact, and they did not work for me. But I will say that, you know, Lauren Michaels somewhere is probably laughing his ass off about all of this because they, you know, this is like, this is kind of like the Trump playbook in a way with, with SNL, where they book these people who, you know, are clearly controversial figures for, whatever various reasons um i would argue you know in hindsight booking donald trump in advance of uh the election was not a good move (laughs) on the part of of this show or the network um but and in turn it sort of you know generates this kind of level of conversation about uh a cultural artifact that at you know the moment is certainly not at its zenith so in that sense i mean i guess they got what they were looking for um but, you know, if Elon doing strange head motions with a, a fake Italian accent as Wario is uh, part and parcel of that, I mean, that's 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 what you got. So you got what you paid for. You got to give got to got to give people what they never knew they wanted. Yes. Yes. Um, I hope to not see it again. But just like that, we have checked our temps. Stay safe. Uh, watch SNL if you feel you need to. Uh, we'll be back after some ads.
What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life mm-hmm. doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WAD, books, promo code WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love Fast Growing Trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, Fast Growing Trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit betterhelp.com slash wad today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash wad. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. The Israeli Supreme Court has delayed a controversial decision regarding planned evictions of Palestinian families after a weekend of police violence in Jerusalem. Over 300 Palestinians were injured by Israeli police around the Al-Aqsa Mosque, which is considered one of the holiest sites in Islam. The violence also began on one of the holiest nights in the month of Ramadan. Riot police stormed the mosque as thousands prayed and others protested restrictions on worship that have been imposed by the Israeli government. Tensions have been high since the beginning of Ramadan, with one major focal point being an upcoming Supreme Court hearing that could allow Jewish settlers to evict several Palestinian families living in East Jerusalem's Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood, based on the argument that the land was owned by Jewish families before 1948. Palestinian leaders have described these evictions as attempts to carry out ethnic cleansing. Awful. An explosion near a school in Kabul, Afghanistan, killed over 50 people and injured 100 more on Saturday. It was caused by an initial car bomb followed by two separate blasts. No group so far has claimed responsibility for the tragedy, and a spokesperson for the Taliban has denied involvement. 
There was speculation that female students were the target of the attacks with the explosions happening when girls attend classes in the afternoon. And the majority of the victims were girls as well. The bombing was the latest in a series of similar attacks that have happened in Afghanistan over the last few months. And this all comes as the U.S. and NATO have begun withdrawing their remaining troops from the country. This is absolutely horrific. And anybody who targets children is just an awful human being. Yeah. If you can hear this, you were not hit by a large chunk of spaceship debris that fell from the sky this weekend. (laughs) The debris was from China's Long March 5B rocket booster, which helped carry out part of the country's space station into orbit. It weighed 23 tons and was about 10 stories high. So for most space agencies, it would technically qualify as king-sized litter. China didn't (laughs) announce that the piece was coming down until Sunday, leaving many to speculate about where it would land. At one point, the European Space Agency predicted a risk zone that included virtually all of the Americas south of New York, all of Africa and Australia, plus parts of Europe and Asia, meaning that by my calculations, 75% of the world's population had the potential to experience a Looney Tunes-style cartoon flat. <laughs> oh my God. Ultimately, much of the debris burned up upon re-entry, and the remainder splashed down in the Indian Ocean, just west of the Maldives on Sunday morning. Still, the incident drew criticism from NASA, which said in typically scientifically underwhelming language, quote, China is failing to meet responsible standards regarding their space debris. For the next batch of vaccines, we should maybe try to add protection against falling space trash. Yeah, wait your two weeks and then look up at the sky. You might be safe. Um, A celebrated athlete has been hit by controversy, and it's not just because he always competes without pants on. Medina Spirit, the horse that won the 2021 Kentucky Derby last weekend, reportedly failed a drug test after the race. Specifically, the test detected high amounts of anti-inflammatory corticosteroid that reduces joint pain and swelling, theoretically allowing a horse to run faster. Now, Medina Spirit's trainer, Bob Baffert, has won the Kentucky Derby more than any other trainer, but he's also faced persistent accusations of cheating with his horses failing 30 separate drug tests over the last four decades. That's quite a bit, Bob. Uh, The obvious explanation is that the horses are teaching each other how to make pills. Uh, Baffert has been suspended, but he denies wrongdoing in the matter. He said, quote, there's problems in racing, but it's not Bob Baffert. Uh, FYI, the law considers this sentence to be the same as saying I'm guilty. Uh, That's how it worked in law school when I learned it. Uh, Whether Medina Spirit holds on to his title depends on another round of tests. If those tests come back positive, the win and the $1.8 million first prize check will go to the substance-free runner-up, Mandaloon. Well, that's like Donald Trump saying there are problems in politics, but it's not Donald Trump. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Bob, uh, Donald would like a word, and those are the headlines. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, put some pants on your horse and tell your friends to listen. And if you are into reading and not just the future for clues about where space trash will land like me, (laughs) What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Abdul Al-Sayed. I'm Gideon Resnick. And And shape shape up, up, Bob Baffert. Baffert. Yeah, come on, man. Stop giving your horse drugs. You know, the the horse didn't fail the drug test. You, You helped the horse fail the drug test. I'm just wondering what it looks like when a horse starts roid raging. (laughs) Starts running fast, clearly, I guess. (laughs) What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Charlotte Landis. Sonia Tun and Jazzy Marine are our associate producers. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producers are Leo Duran, Akila Hughes, and me. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. got enough to do already? I do. 
That's why I use Ship Same Day Delivery to keep up with my busy life. They know the snacks I like down to the extra creamy in my peanut butter. I can get deliveries at home, on set, or even when I'm away on vacay. And my personal shopper, Amber, she's got my back. As in, she asks them to check the back if it's not on the shelf. Shipped. Delight in every delivery. Learn more at ship.com slash high. I'm Oren Siegel, and I've been fighting extremism, anti-Semitism, and hate for more than 20 years. You should subscribe to our podcast, Extremely, to get a unique perspective on the daily work and the people who have dedicated their lives to exposing, fighting, and disrupting extremism, anti-Semitism, and all forms of hate. We bring you the stories of people and communities not only impacted by hate, but who offer new perspectives and ways to push back. You can find Extremely wherever you listen to podcasts.